Welcome to Stories from the Midland, a collection of historic tales from Teller County and the surrounding areas. In today's story, we're going to hear about the tuberculosis huts of Colorado. This episode was written and is being presented for you by Trevor Phipps. Colorado's first population boom occurred in the mid to late 1800s when gold and other precious minerals were found in the state. When the gold rush slowed down, a second population surge hit the state due to thousands across the country suffering from tuberculosis. Back in that era, doctors all over the world thought that tuberculosis could be treated with fresh dry air and sunlight. Colorado Springs and other areas were sought after due to its arid climate and the fact that the region sees about 300 days of sunshine on average. In fact, the Colorado Springs Chamber of Commerce at one point used it as a selling point and welcomed tuberculosis patients. According to an article on the Only in Colorado website, in the late 1800s and early 1900s, about one-third of Colorado Springs' population consisted of tuberculosis patients, family members, and doctors and nurses treating the disease. During that time, over a dozen sanatoriums popped up across Colorado Springs that featured several tuberculosis huts for patients. However, by the 1940s when antibiotics were invented, the sanatoriums were no longer needed. The Penrose Hospital, St. Francis Hospital, and the University of Colorado at Colorado Springs are all located on the properties where sanatoriums used to be. Most of the tuberculosis huts got repurposed and they are now used as storage sheds, art studios, bus stops, and one is a cafe. Even though most of the structures were sold and repurposed, there are a few in town that still stand today. Located on the corner of Cascade and Jackson on the Penrose Hospital property sits a hut that is set up how they would have been in the 1800s. The St. Francis Hospital and the Colorado Springs Pioneer Museum also both have huts set up on display. According to an article on the Mental Floss website, the huts were either made out of canvas or wood and they were open at the top and bottom to provide for fresh air. Every hut was equipped with a steam heater and had a bed, closet, washstand, electric lights, and chairs. According to an ad published in the Garden of the Gods magazine in 1902, the tents were specifically designed to help treat people with tuberculosis and encourage breathing in fresh air. The tent is circular or octagonal in shape, 12 feet in diameter, has 8 foot pitch, 5 foot wall, and extreme height of 13 feet the ad described, the top terminates in a ring 15 inches in diameter to which the rafters are fastened. The edge of same all around has an airspace of two inches covered with wire netting, thus securing a gradual inflow without draft of pure air. The 15 inch opening on top forms as an exit for heated and impure air. This opening can be covered by a metal cap which can be raised or lowered by means of ropes. The presence of the huts might have also been one of the earliest forms of social distancing. Tuberculosis huts were what we might think of today as tiny houses. Director of the Colorado Springs Pioneer Museum, Matt Mayberry, told Mental Floss, they each hosted one patient. The purpose of the hut was to keep patients isolated and help them learn how to keep from spreading the disease. The inventor of the original sanitary tents. 
According to a post on the U.S. represented website, Dr. Charles Fox Gardner was the first one to produce and market the tuberculosis tents slash huts. Gardner grew up to a wealthy family in Europe, and he developed an interest in medicine at a young age. When he got older, he stayed interested in medicine and moved to the U.S. where he volunteered to be the surgeon at a local jail. While there, he learned dentistry and veterinary care, which would help support him later on in life. In 1882, Gardner moved to Crested Butte, Colorado, where he was known as the Doctor on Skis, as he would use skis to travel to different patients in the high mountains. After being there for two years, he went back to New York and picked up his sweetheart, Daisy Monteith, married her, and brought her back to Colorado. But then in 1893, Daisy contracted tuberculosis from her sister and died from the disease. Gardner then devoted his life to treating tuberculosis patients. According to an essay written by Gardner and published in the Transactions of the American Clinical and Climatological Association in 1902, the doctor got the idea of the huts from the Native Americans of the Ute tribe. The invention of the sanatory tent was a slow process of evolution from a primitive and simple form which I copied from the Utes, Dr. Gardner wrote. I noticed that in their teepees of skin the ventilation was nearly ideal. The reason for this was they used a conical tent with a hole in the point of the top for the escape of smoke and plenty of space around the lower edge where the tent rests upon uneven ground for air to enter it. In this way, the teepee acts like an inhabitable chimney or fireplace. Thank you for listening. This is Tommy Allen, and on behalf of Trevor Phipps, have a great day. And should you find yourself a little under the weather, some good, clean, high-altitude mountain air may do you a little good. We look forward to having you join us next time for more Stories from the Midland. That almost sounds like electric, electric lights and chairs, and they had electric chairs. <laughs> That's how I wrote it. Not <laughs> That's kind of, we'll just leave it. <laughs>